0: Just as a reminder, you can visit us at thepandapod.com. That's thepandapod.com to grab our RSS feed, listen directly, and share PandaPod with your family and friends. You can also reach us directly via email through podcast at thepandapod.com. Thanks for listening. Welcome, everybody, to the PandaPod. Uh, I'm your host today, Wiggy, and as per usual, we have the usual suspects, both Jeff. Hello. And Ram. Hey there. And today we're going to talk a little bit about genetics, uh, specifically human genetics, but maybe we'll get into some other, some other crazy genetics while we're, we're on the way.
1: I um, have something to say about worms.
0: Okay, yeah, <laughs> we're we're down with worms.
1: We'll get into it.
0: Yeah, well, all right, we'll get into it. Um, so the the kind of the first thing that that I want to say is there was very recently, um, a hack at Twenty Three and Me, um, where hackers used, um, uh, credential stuffing. Um, to hack into 23andMe accounts. And just for people who don't know, credential stuffing is when your parents use the same username and password um, for multiple sites. One of those sites gets leaked, and then people just try those username and passwords on other websites. Uh, Oh,
1: okay. I thought it was like a traditional Thanksgiving dish, except made out of like usernames and passwords.
2: That makes sense.
0: It sounds good, actually. I mean think about all the really cool usernames out there, right? Like I'm sure there's there's just some really cool I mean just imagine like on your video games or, or on Reddit the usernames, right? Like you I'm got XXX
1: really sure Warlock uh 969 in my cranberry sauce.
0: Right. <laughs> um and and so they, they were hacked and there are currently um, somewhere in in the realm of like 14 million users of 23 me um, the the leak contained real data um, and, so, what they did was they posted in, posted in an online forum last week offering to sell the names, locations, and ethnicities of what could be, you know, millions of twenty three 23 million users. Um, and they called out Jewish people specifically. Um, which is terrible. Yeah, that's crazy. And crazy. Um, especially in the current climate. I mean, it's bad in any climate, but even more so in the current climate. Um,
2: now, I've heard a bit about this hack, and I, we, we really shouldn't even call it a hack because it really is not a hack. No, you know? it's
0: yeah, it's not a hack in a traditional sense of like somebody getting admin rights or bypassing a security, like like a security hole or something. It's right.
1: Now, hang on and... a second. How can you protect against credential stuffing?
0: Use different usernames and passwords for every website. But that's that on use.
1: an individual user basis. So right. you're saying 23 and Me couldn't protect from this at all. But what's strange is that they lost 23 million people. You said how many millions of people? No, there?
0: they have they have up to 14 million users total. Okay, but that doesn't mean that it was all. I don't know the number of that they say that they actually hacked. Um, I don't know if they listed that on the website or on the the posting or not.
1: Right. right. Okay. So maybe, maybe what this is then you're saying that somebody was effectively able to build like a scraper where if they got usernames and passwords, they tried them against 23andMe and exactly. gather yeah. potentially a lot of data. Yeah, but and that, that's what happened. Exactly how much they have?
2: No, because basically, first of all, there's no genetic information that's been hacked. This inform the information they have is only what people have made publicly available, not publicly, but available to other Twenty Three and Me users. Oh, you I think see. Think of it, you know, so like people who are trying to share, um, like family information. Gotcha. You know? Okay. So basically, and-
1: they, they log in with some accounts, they get everything they possibly can from that those accounts, and then they. They can use that to gather data on who knows how many users, as because but they're not. It's not genetic information because they're not seeing it from the admin side. Correct.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. They're saying names, locations, and ethnicities.
2: Right, that's and I've even heard. They
1: could get yeah okay.
2: Right, I've even heard that the only reason that it's advertised as Jewish information is because they just happened to hack some Jewish people's accounts, and that's who they were like connected to on like a friend level within Twenty Three and Me, like.
1: Well, it's still pretty sickening of people to post it online that way. Oh, sure. Yeah.
2: But I mean, scummy scammer is going to scam, you know, like.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess you could also say, like, this person's probably, I mean, not to make light of it, but they're effectively trying to market themselves in the best way they can, as sick as that is. Right.
2: Right.
0: Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. I mean, and and. You know, you can imagine the t- the type of person who would buy the information, right? And it's pretty sick, right? Like, that can't be used for something good, right? And there's
1: no guarantee somebody hasn't already bought it.
0: Yeah, right, yeah. Because they could sure. sell it
1: multiple times. Yep. And I'm sure yeah, they would try to yeah. contact private buyers before posting it on a forum.
0: <laughs> yeah, That's also that's also. Why I didn't think about that, but yeah, that's a possibility as well. Maybe they reached out to um, you know people on dark web and try to get as much money as they could first. So yeah, that's this is definitely something that's not good. Um, and you know, well, going back to our our episode on scams, you know, this isn't necessarily a scam per se. However. This is one of those, you know, let's make a PSA announcement that, you know, one, you should not be using the same username and password for multiple sites. Um, and you should probably be using some kind of password blocker, um,
2: and two-factor authentication when available.
0: Yeah, TFA, two FA one available, which should be available everywhere, in my opinion, um, I mean I know it's device specific and not human specific but it's definitely better than not having it.
2: I think uh, in the grand scheme of things this particular you know data leak is really far less sinister and far less usable than say like the Equifax hacks a few years ago or you know some of the other really big hacks the only reason I think this one really got The attention it did was because of the 23andMe name, and like people assume that, oh my goodness, my DNA's been leaked, but that's really not the case at all here. So,
0: yeah, the only thing that I'd say to that is it it does say names and locations. And if there's some people who like maybe hiding for their safety somewhere else or whatever, and they use the service, you know, that information could be public
2: now right but i mean that's true for again like i think it was equifax that got hacked or whatever i mean that's a way huge more huge database of people you know and people who didn't have control over whether or not they were on it as well you know i mean that equifax has everyone's info 23andMe only has info of people who are you know are rich enough to send off their dna to find out their you know genetic makeup
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, it also, the, the, I mean, um, name and location information is not publicly accessible, but it's widely privately accessible. Um, so, it, whoever wants to buy that information, if they have enough money, they can. Um, but, uh, the you know, I guess it's not associated with your ethnicity in that case. Um, so, that's, that's kind of where it becomes um, dangerous potentially to, for someone to have that. Yeah.
0: So so that being so that being said ha- have either of you guys used like 23me at all or one of the other uh several companies that do well, DNA testing?
1: I've used the dog one which rules. I like the dog uh DNA test. I think they're fun.
0: What what did you uh, what, what was your experience with that?
1: I mean Shadow did not like having it put in his mouth. But, other than that, it was a whole lot of fun to find out what he was um and I mean it seems pretty accurate in retrospect um so i i I think that I mean obviously like <laughs> there's not a whole lot of danger to a dog if that information got leaked or something like that, right for' sure or even um you know to me, I have to enter some kind of owner information. I'm sure it has my name and location, but it has nothing to do with my myself, right
0: right yeah it'd be interesting to know how much how much like was it like how much of your dog was wolf
1: oh actually zero percent um there there is um i know somebody who who had a wolf as part of their dog and if they if you get that it won't tell about the relatives of the dog because they don't want that information they don't they want don't want you to be able to find other people who have wolf dogs oh because they don't
2: want you to like selectively breed more wolfy dogs
1: uh, they don't want they don't want that and they also don't want um people to uh potentially use that information to like deny people rent, um renters and stuff like that you know um so i guess See? that is one big way where dog information could hurt you if it got leaked
2: right See, now if we can get a hack on that we can figure out who has wolf dogs and then we can go provoke those dogs to attack us and sue <laughs>
1: That's an ingenious
0: I mean, scam. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's one way to make some money, but you are putting yourself in in harm in order to get, you know...
2: I've been maybe, bit by plenty of dogs in my day. It's okay. Maybe
0: 10 grand.
2: <laughs> <laughs> 10 grand? Sign me up. They can have a finger.
0: <laughs> well, you're going to run out of fingers eventually. And after the second one, people are going to be like... Mm, Bro,
2: that's 100 poking, grand.
0: I think he's poking the bear. No, that's 20 grand. <laughs>
1: No, you, get ten, you get one. ten times more money each time you successfully sue somebody <laughs> for something. That's how it works. It's like yeah, the lawyer, get,
0: the lawyer gets better.
1: Lawyer yeah, exactly. Better. <laughs> you can hire a better lawyer with the money.
0: <laughs> well, I was thinking like the lawyer levels up, like in a video game. <laughs> like, the more <laughs> cases, the more right. cases he specializes in dog attacks.
1: I maxed out my tree on bird law.
0: Oh. Okay. So so not, neither of you guys have used any of the genetic testers. No, I have not. not. You have not. Okay. Um I'm thinking about it.
2: Hmm.
0: Um even even with this, I, I already have a good idea of like uh historically where my family comes from. But lots of people have been proven wrong. By their testing, um, and and I I think that that's interesting. Um, like I know what I've been told, um, and it seems pretty accurate. But I wonder if it's a little farther off, and there's something else that, like, from where I come from, that I just don't know about. Right? Like maybe I'm twenty five percent, like hawaiian or something and i just don't know it right like, <laughs> like like you never or is it is it maui is that what it's what it's called
1: i'm not 100 sure i don't i don't know what sure you're saying the, yeah. the
0: people the people from hawaii
1: you're 25 uh, maui from yeah. moana yeah <laughs> surprise about hawaii. what yeah. granny was doing
0: <laughs> that's a good song <laughs> that's a good one um now-
2: I am waiting until my parents die before I get any kind of genetic testing done, because I don't want to find out that like my dad's not my real dad or something, you know, or that your dad is s- serial murderer. Right, I don't, I don't want that information. <laughs> the only reason I want my genetic information is like for potential like CRISPR manipulation purposes. Like I don't care about my my past. So you're saying if,
1: some, if they if they knew for sure that they could like you know give you, say webbed feet um you would you would give the you give over your information for that, yeah,
2: for the tweaking purposes, yeah right mm.
1: yeah, I think I probably would too um i mean I'm not one hundred percent sure I would do it, but I feel like if if there was if it was a two step process and one was give over your information and like you ne- that now you can go browse our catalog of like right, the, yeah the monkey arms you can get, you know i I feel like it would um i'm not sure if i would do the second step or not that would be a big decision but i would at least do the first step right because like i want to
2: go on the website and play around with the the tool that shows you what you look like with like your third eye actually fully open or you know i i want to go see all the different different things i could do to myself
1: like a character creator for irl
2: exactly yeah
1: i'd only
0: do it if i could get a better metabolism like, better just, oh metabolism better <laughs> metabolism. I just I'm just fat. Like <laughs> I just want, I just want a better metabolism. It made me take away my issues with dairy and eggs, right Like like just the things that inconvenience me.
1: Right. I mean, honestly, that's probably what would come first if the technology ever came around. Yeah, like they would probably use it to solve, I guess, major genetic diseases if possible first. Because that those people would be desperate and ready to try anything. And then um after that they would use to solve all kinds of inconveniences, I'm sure. And then eventually we get fish arms.
2: Have you guys seen the movie Gattaca?
1: Yeah, I love that movie.
2: Yeah, I I have not. I have not. Oh, you'd really like it, Wiggy. But would you do that, Jacob? If if you and Catherine were gonna have a kid and that was available, would you would you the, want Gattaca, to do that? Is
1: Gattaca the one where you could see, like, their whole future using their DNA?
2: Um.
1: Or was, like, because you got sorted using your DNA, right? right so you it was, like, it a was, case system based on DNA. Right, right, and you would get different jobs depending on what your DNA was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I would say it's not... That would be a tough one, I would say. Yeah. Um, I mean... I guess ultimately if you are using the best genes from both parents and you could guarantee that, like, Mm -hmm. but then, but then who am I to say what are the best genes and what's not right? I mean, who knows? I wouldn't be like if like, if I took all the parts about me that are smart and all the parts about Catherine that are smart and I could somehow isolate those genes, like who, who knows that wouldn't be like the most fucked up kid in the world because like they can't focus on life's simple pleasures or something. Right.
2: So I feel like I just wouldn't mess with it. Yeah, for clarity, Gattaca is about um, two brothers, one of whom was like a natural birth and one of whom was a genetically engineered birth in a society where people who aren't genetically engineered are considered like a risk to society and a risk to the population or, or uh, like a lower case.
1: Well, I guess if I was in that society, then maybe I would make that choice. I definitely who's to say I wouldn't. Right. I feel like we all make that choice right. every single day a little bit to some degree
0: we also have to think of in that type of situation, and maybe this would be a, a different type of movie altogether in the same uh, like in the same space. But if you take that, that idea, but only the rich are, are able to afford the, the, the to pay to have the genetic the genetic enhancements or the genetic choices. Mm -hmm. like and make that the dystopian issue like it's definitely
2: implied in the movie that that's the case although for the specific main character like he was just on the cusp of that new kind of technology where his parents were like you know we don't know if this is really going to be a thing why don't we just have a natural birth you know and then for his brother when he was born You know, it was already had become like commonplace for people to do it, and like society was starting to shift around it. So they did it for him,
1: right? Yeah, I remember seeing that movie and really thinking like that is coming next year. Like, yeah, kids are going to be like that for sure, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: Well, and I think I don't think that's a like ridiculous thought either. I think that genetic manipulation through CRISPR, like it's already a possibility. I don't see any reason why we wouldn't start using that very soon, you know?
1: So right now it's just expensive and uh, also not a lot of people want to use it. Is that kind of the deal? Right, and I think it's kind of a,
2: yeah, it's an ethical gray area as well, you know? I mean, because really what you're getting into there is eugenics,
1: you know? Right, and that's that's kind of what I'm getting into with like who's to say, why would I choose what my kids should be like, you know? I mean, Mm -hmm. how can you know that certain things aren't tied I mean, we know genes are tied together, um, so it, you wouldn't, like, it'd be so risky to be the first subjects in that, right? You almost have to see how somebody uh, develops over 70 years. Sure.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, that I think the logical uh, flip side to that is we already don't have control over how people are genetically. I mean, sure. the, I mean, I mean, you don't have a, any choice and it's all kind of random and it seems to work out. So <laughs> I think, right. you know, I mean, well, in most cases, it doesn't work out in every case. But, um, you know, there it, there is a bit of randomness to it. And, you know, I don't know. I think I think they could figure it out. I don't think it's a good idea. Like, personally, I don't think it's a good idea. Eugenics
2: um, are such like. A like tempting line of thought, I think that everybody dips into at some point while they're like growing up and thinking about society. You know, like I know I, I definitely thought about it as a kid. I was like, oh, you know, eugenics makes sense. Why don't we just have like the smart people breed and stuff? It's like a uh, an early kind of stupid monkey brain thought of of how to like improve things. But then, like, you really start to think about it, and you're like, oh, wait, hold on a second. This is like deciding who gets to live and who doesn't, and you know, making decisions that you don't fully understand or have like the full concept of. I don't know. It's a very like, it's a tempting thought that like many, not many, but several societies have let grip them, you know, like obviously well, like Florida. Nazis and sure. Yeah. I mean, you can go back that far too, you know. I mean, yeah, I mean it, and it's almost like ingrained in us. It's almost, it almost is like a genetic memory, like this desire to like maintain bloodlines and things like that. Like it's, it's a weird desire that we have.
1: Right. Well, I mean, uh, the, 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 the ability to decide to abandon a child is something that animals have, uh, when they're under extreme stress. Um, so it's not like, I mean, that's that's deeply ingrained into humans, um, like the Sparta stuff um, and, mm-hmm. and, and like ancient history of that kind of thing. Um, I mean, it doesn't really seem like there are animals that intentionally cull. I mean, prove me wrong, but I mean, it feels like that would I, I, I've never heard of such a thing. Um, animals that like, you know, decide to eliminate existing members of their species.
0: Well, to, well, um, cats, cats, um, big cats. Have been known to do that.
1: Um, I guess I, I guess I mean like collectively, right? Like obviously they fight over resources, they compete, but that's a different thing than like collectively getting together and making the decision to. Um, and I guess I guess in a way, abandoning your input, your infant is a sort of um, competition, right?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, um, so to think of it, it this way, um, so one version of that um, and lions, okay, so, um, there's the, the, from the hierarchy of, of a pride, right, so there's the, the head, male, um, and a pride, and then there's all the females, and then there's the, the lion's offspring, the, the male lion's offspring, right, um, if, say that that, that male, um, is, like, getting old, or has some kind of injury that makes him not like great to like essentially lead that pride anymore even though the females do all the work um and and another male lion outside of the pride happened to come by and say i want to take that over and so what's going to happen is the two lions are going to fight if that male lion that was leading the pride dies the, the outsider that was the winner will kill all of his progeny. Oh, the old, um, the old male's po- progeny. Right, but, but that, that's
2: progenies. not really what we're talking about here, though.
1: I mean, well, that's no, not... No, I'm
0: just, no, it's just as an example of something of something that is very similar. Yeah, However,
1: I mean, my line of thought was a little harebrained because, I mean, there's not a lot of examples of animals doing things collectively in general except for cooperating in pretty small groups right right oh sure make collective decisions somewhat for the group but i mean you don't hear about like bonobos deciding to genocide uh like part of their little little tribe
0: oh i see what you're saying yeah yeah that's not something that happens
1: (laughs) i guess tribes of monkeys will fight right i mean i guess maybe the thing is is just animals don't have a big enough collective to even consider you know what we would think about as human eugenics right like for that to even be i mean i guess my comparison was like between that and abandoning children which which is an animal behavior right
2: yeah sure yeah
0: yeah it's interesting to think about i mean we are the only we really are the only species that that focuses on on how important um our offspring really are like a a lot of other mammals in the animal kingdom will just as easily uh, kill, eat or abandon their, (laughs) their, their own children. Um, Sure.
2: Especially if they're born like disabled or, or disformed or something. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They will immediately like, like bears and cats specifically, right? Like they will eat their, their kids. Um, I believe it's mountain lions, um, in the U.S. I think because they have very small, um, litters, like I think there's like two or three. Um, and like, if they don't find food, they'll, they'll eat their, their children. Um, <laughs> or, sure, um, bears, like if their, their kids get attacked, um, the, the mom, the mom bear will like eat the child. Um, like, that's just something that happens all the time. And like Jeff said, they're, like, if it's maimed in some way or, um, you know, born disfigured or whatever, they will just kill and eat them, um, which is crazy. Humans don't kill and eat their own babies.
1: <laughs> yeah, you
0: I You don't guess speak we... for all humans. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't speak for all humans, but on a, on a, on a, uh. Majority sense.
1: <laughs> we got He's onto good. this tangent by talking about Sparta. So, was there anything more to say there?
0: Well, I just wanted to say. Well, I just brought up Sparta because that is an example of you know, if a child's born with some type of disfigurement or um, you know, they don't they don't quite stack up to the level that they're supposed to by a certain age. Sure. They used to throw the kids off a cliff.
1: Or leave them um, in the woods or whatever. Or and I, I don't think that was unique whatever. to Sparta for the time.
0: I, I don't I don't know if it was or not. I don't know if that was just part of like an overall Greek
1: culture. Um, I would imagine that they were doing that until pretty damn recently. And I mean I guess you still have instances of that, right? I mean, plenty of abandoned sure. babies.
0: Sure. Yeah, but but I mean they but they also wound up with a smaller like, like, it was portrayed that they also had a smaller population, but that population was in better, like, better shape, right? Like, that was their thing, right? Like, one Spartan soldier could fight off ten of anybody else's soldiers, right? Like, that's what the movie 300 is based off of, right? Sure. Like, Like, that's the whole myth behind that. Now, whether or not all that's the case or not, I don't know. But... Um, that that was kind of the idea. That, at least that we were taught. That's the that's what we were taught in like school. <laughs> like, sure. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, take that with a grain of salt. But
1: <laughs> well, I'm interested to think about like why that would be that people would focus on that so much. Like, what's the purpose of that myth in our culture? Because I mean, I don't I, know. It, it can't but be maybe... true that abandoning babies like is ultimately the thing that makes you better warriors. I sincerely doubt that.
2: Well, I don't think it's the idea that because they abandoned babies, they were better warriors. I think it's more along the lines of the only people that were there were, you know, stronger because they called the weak early, you know, like right. I think that's kind of two sides of the same coin, but.
1: i I mean i think just realistically most military victory is achieved through like a certain type of technology if that's social or like physical technology that people have developed and i mean i guess you could argue that that is one but i i would imagine that that at the time of of sparta people were doing that kind of shit all the time leaving their babies if they didn't want them like if they thought you know, they were possessed by a demon or something.
0: Wild thought. Just all over the world, baby demons are born. There's just an <laughs> epidemic of people leaving demon babies out in the forest. Like,
1: well, I guess I mean that people will justify a reason for it, right? You know, they'll they'll decide oh, sure. that, that that baby's demon possessed and and uh, just go leave it because it's crying too much. I mean, maybe I'm uh, that's a little bit of hyperbole, but. I feel like um, that it's it. I don't. I don't. I feel like it's overstated how much that had an effect on Sparta, and also, well, it's overstated how much it had an effect, and it's probably overstated how true it is too.
0: It's probably. It's probably also overstated how often um, they did it, but I don't remember enough to go deeper down sure. that rabbit hole like yeah i don't remember what they well we were actually taught other than the the highlights of it right so
2: <laughs> is anybody else getting a weird sense of deja vu have we talked about this topic like this particular thing on this podcast before
1: no, no. i don't think we were talking about spartans before uh,
2: not spartans but the idea of of killing the weak for the strong I don't know. It's really strange. I feel like in one <laughs> of our first episodes we brought this up just really briefly.
0: <laughs> not not that I can remember. Yeah. I don't I don't remember talking about that. Um, Jamie pulled that clip up. Yeah, Jamie.
1: Jamie, <laughs> can you look that up? Um, but yeah, Jamie is um chat GPT that can and, and all like all of our voices voices synthesized, so we can just mm-hmm. make whatever clip we wanted. Perfect. We Perfect. could podcast into the past too.
2: I can't wait until we can release a podcast that we don't actually record. I feel like we're getting close enough on the number of hours or voices just talking here that we can load into an AI.
1: I would say well, that's there's probably plenty. Uh it's just do, is, does ChatGPT produce a better or worse episode than we do? We should find out.
0: Pro, let's be honest, probably better, but because it's worse. <laughs>
1: that's
0: true. <laughs> like like it's so bad that everybody's just like, okay, this is this is hilariously great um that that's one of my favorite dualities by the way um is the things that are terrible but i love them so much because they're so bad
2: oh yeah so bad that it's good um, yeah, yeah
0: like like movies music um it just i i love it so much
1: and um, like I calling the week so bad that it's good
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 I idolize so bad That's like one of those commercials from like uh, uh, Better Off Ted Like, Oh
2: yeah, I, f- <laughs> I fucking love that show
0: <laughs> Speaking of which, people, if you haven't gone and watched Better Off Ted Which was a TV show from what, early 2000s I think Yeah, um, yeah. That was cancelled after i think with just one season um but it was amazing and they, they had this this corporation that they were a part of and the corporation would make like uh corporate um commercials and those commercials would be like like based off the off of one idea just kind of like what jeff said like like eugenics so bad it's good like <laughs> and yeah. viridian and viridian
2: technologies
0: viridian technologies
2: Go ahead oh, yeah, and watch, go, go watch all that.
1: media that has Ted in it. Um, Father Ted, that one um, uh, movie with the teddy bear. Um, just Ted, yeah. Yeah, just Ted, yeah, exactly. Oh,
0: uh, uh, Definitely go watch some Ted Talks. <laughs> those,
2: are, those, are,
1: those are good. <laughs> yeah, go watch a Ted Talk on Genetic Memory, which is actually something I did. I watched a TEDx Talk. On Genetic Memory? Yeah, on uh, on some experience, experiments with worms.
2: Interesting. Well, this is a good time to bring up the worms, then. What did you learn? Was,
0: well, hold on real quick. I want to add, was that um, by a guy named uh, Oded Roshabi?
1: Um, Let me find out. Jamie pulled up my browser history. <laughs> <laughs> um, it sure was. Did you watch the same one?
0: No, but... Um, I, I was looking up, um, some information on, um, um, on memories, right. On what, what's that called? Um, on like genetic memory. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's been listed as like an award winning member of the scientific community, um, who is actively studying this. He was also recently on Andrew Huberman's podcast um dr andrew huberman if you know who he is um and yeah that that's just what what i found out the rest is on ureb
1: yeah so so in the ted talk he details like the history of um i mean it's only 13 minutes we could definitely put it in the show description you should go watch it um and he details the history of um people doing experiments to prove that like Animals had genetic memory, mostly unsuccessful. Um, And he goes through a study that he did with a certain type of worm. And what's interesting about this worm is that they have really quick, like, generations. They're, like, uh, generation every three days or something like that. And they also only have, like, 300 brain cells. Um, So uh, they are very, like... Driven by RNA, um, and he goes through a uh, experiment that he did that basically proved that the RNA was um, helping uh, worms. Like he starves half half the population, uh, and it helped their descendants. Um, the ones that were starved, they 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 developed a mutation that um, Help them better, better regulate nutrition. That's at least what he said in this talk.
2: Interesting. Yeah,
0: they were. They also recently. It wasn't him, I don't think. But they also recently um, did a study, and it seems that if there's any species that um, is most likely to currently possess the ability to um, have genetic memories passed down from generation to generation, it's actually mice. Hmm um the the results of that were were obviously mixed however um it did show more promise than any other um picture that they had performed the test on up until that point
1: uh, are you sure it's not confirmation stuff... bias because they do all the tests on mice
0: <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> i don't know yeah
1: studies say that mice are often used in experiments
0: yeah, I'd actually be interested to, the, the problem is that the generation is so long, but if there's actually a creature, like, in this world that I think could maybe pull that off, I think it might be elephants. Um, just because of brain size. Um, like, just purely based on brain size, I think that, that maybe elephants. Because they tend to live have memories that last for so long, um, and we we also have really long memories, but we also forget a lot of shit. Um, our our brains are rewritten all the time, like our memories rewritten all the time when we sleep
1: and stuff. Sure, so. and and I think it's useful to define some terminology then, because I mean you're saying genetic memory, like literally. Holding the memory still in your mind of a of of something that um a parent remembered, mm-hmm. like holding it in your conscious mind. You're saying,
0: no, just something like, like th- I think the the biggest example of this would be, and and I kind of think it's true, and I'm just I'll start up. I think I think it's kind of true. Um, I think it it is something that that definitely exists, like being able to pass down some sort of information or memory from one generation to the next generation. I don't think it's a conscious thing, um, but I do think that it's possible. And the reason why I say that, and, and the one that sticks out to me the most is humanity's fear of the dark. So back when we were like, go all the way back to you know, even when we had created fire, um, so we had like campfires at night and things like that. Even, even during that time, and, and still today, we're afraid of the dark because we used to get hunted by shit at night, sure. <laughs> like big cats and and um, you know, wolves and. And things like that, and I think that that's why we're afraid of the dark because because we don't have, we also don't have that like adapted night vision like a lot like some other creatures have. Like we really we we adapt a little bit, but it's really hard to see in the, see at night in the dark in a forest. Like when there's when you can't you don't even have moonlight, right? Like you you just you can't see shit and we use our sight just as much as our sound to protect ourselves um and that's why i think we're we're so afraid of the dark is because just even from the the very beginning of time we've always had a problem protecting ourselves at night
1: but um if if you're talking about humanity's fear of the dark i mean i don't know how far back it would be but it's at least, you know, it's gotta be tens of millions of years before we yeah. got an ancestor that had, um, you know, night sight, right? I mean, so, yeah. but I guess what I'm trying to say is on the scale of tens of millions of years, why does it, why is that genetic memory and not just a gene?
0: Well, it wouldn't just be a gene. I mean that because the the if it was a gene, the fix for the, we would have developed a a some sort of night vision fix to that by now. If it was just a gene, our gene would have changed over time to adapt to the problem. Right? Like we but would have developed a night sight like cats. I mean,
1: is or... isn't the purpose of of all of this to uh, help animals survive? So like, what does it have? Like in my mind, I, I would think that genetic memory would be the most interesting if it was like provable that, you know, your great grandparents who you never knew had influence over your life through what they experienced, right? Like or or and, and like on that order of time scale. Like because oh. the genes are proven not to work like that, right? They take much longer timescales than that.
0: Right. Well, Jeff mentioned in in the our last room podcast about how he thinks that you know the reason one of the reasons why we think about Rome so much is just because we may have had ancestors that lived in Rome.
2: Sure. Mm-hmm.
0: You know so so it's not something that you know I I think that's possible too. Um in I don't Rome, necessarily is not think on
1: a time scale where we would need to have um genetic memories or sorry Rome's on a, not on a time scale where, where we would have developed genetic mutations like individuals could genetic develop genetic mutations obviously but like as a population 2,000 years is not enough time to, to develop sure. genes so if we have if we have any tie to Rome it's definitely epigenetic right?
2: Right. I was gonna bring that up. Yeah, it seems like we're really talking more about epigenetic memory than, than genetic memory at this point. Well the you know, term
1: epigenetic just means anything outside of genes, right?
2: Right. It would be like environmental factors that leave like chemical marks on your genes that can influence the, the way your genes are passed on, you know, from generation to generation.
1: Sure. And and so I guess what I'm trying to say is like that's that's what we're talking about with genetic memory, or are we talking about something different?
0: I'm I'm talking specifically about a uh, a memory or or a feeling or um, fear or um, something like that. That's say we had like so say we had the ancestors that were around um, snakes all the time. And sure. now and most of the people in your family have are afraid of snakes. You know, like maybe one ancestor got fucking bit and died or your ancestors got bitten died by snakes all the fucking time or something, right? Like <clears throat> and now you have a fear of snakes. Like So
2: that's more of like instincts. Then it's memory, close yeah right? well it's
0: close to instincts but it but to me that comes off as memory because because yes it, it's an instinct but why would you have that instinct if you don't have something because so say i'm afraid i'm not afraid of snakes but i'm afraid of spiders sure right so let's just take this as an example i'm afraid of spiders i don't have a memory of being attacked by by like a swarm of spiders or a spider that makes me afraid of spiders. Sure. But I'm afraid of spiders.
1: Okay. So you're basically saying that it's anything where you, um, like believe something one way or another.
0: And you don't know why.
1: And you don't have a reason for it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess what I, in, in my mind that those fears Are explained by actual genetics, like literally just DNA. Like, I mean, if you think about how long, like, you take the snake example. I mean, how mammals probably getting beginning by snakes since they crawled up on land. Um, Mm -hmm. And you know, if you think about how many millions and millions and millions of years that they kept that fear of snakes, and then really, it's only within the last, you know, hundred years, and only in certain places that it that it becomes an unreasonable fear, right? So, like, it's, it would almost be, like, crazier if people didn't have fears of snakes, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, right. And, and lots of our fears are like that. They're, it's all things that would have been um, something dangerous to us. It would, it, like, those fears are something that we have that are supposed to help us stay alive, Right, like you have a fear of snakes. Well, you have a fear of snakes for a good reason. You should stay away from snakes because they'll fucking kill you. Like, <laughs> right? So, I mean, there there are ones that are 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 a little more crazy. Like, but I don't mean crazy as in like the people that have them are crazy. But they don't really fall along the same line. I mean, people are afraid afraid of all kinds of things. Like Jeff's afraid of clowns, right? Like. I can't imagine a, a situation in which, you know, there were just roaming gangs of clowns murdering people. Sure. But yeah, I'm not
1: trying to say all fears are, are explained by genes. I'm saying the deep-seated ones that yeah, the deep-seated ones. seem to defy explanation is only because they defy explanation, like, in a pretty short time frame. I mean, even Fear of the Dark, like, if you count from the day we had fire, like, and then if you count backwards from the from there to the day the dark was danger i mean it's such a much longer time scale
0: right yeah i mean we have flashlights we have we have all the stuff to keep the dark away right now but i'm still afraid of the dark sure like even though i have this stuff which i think is what you're what you're saying but like I I mean, I'd still be afraid of the dark if I was out in some forest somewhere, even if I had a flashlight or a lantern or even like a a damn torch. Right. Like, I mean, I'd rather have the torch to be perfectly honest, because at least you might keep something away from you. But like, there's there's a reason for all that stuff. And I and I think that's the root to me. I feel like that's the root of genetic memory for me is these things that us as a species that we experience over a really long period of time. And it just becomes, it becomes second nature to us to protect our, our, our species. Right. Um, you know, stay away from wolves, stay away from bears, stay away from snakes and spiders and all this stuff. That's just dangerous. Um, I mean, we, we're touted as the one thing on the planet that is like, you know, we're the top of the food chain, quote unquote. But there's lots of shit out there that'll kill us. The only difference is they don't have thumbs, so they can't shoot guns, right? Like, like that—that's really the difference. Um, which is why, like,
1: which like, is why um, we need planet with guns. Of the A- <laughs>
0: right? We need snakes with guns, <laughs> and why. Like, Planet of the Apes is so scary, right? Um, Something that's stronger than us, faster than us, and still being able to, you know, use our technology and communicate the way that we do and things like that. Like, the, that's a, it's a weird fear, and I don't think in any way that that's, like, a genetic fear, but um, that is something that that makes that's why that's scary right it's it's a new predator to us um and if that was the case i think we'd just be you know after a couple thousand years i think people would just be born afraid of monkeys like (laughs) i honestly think that'd be the case
1: well i think it takes a little longer than a couple thousand years Uh, well sure i mean i'm not an expert so, so right. I guess what I'm, what I'm, what I've been trying to really argue here is, is just terminology. Um, I, I mean, I think what the, the opinions you're expressing about like fears coming from our essence, like our DNA, I don't think that's really a controversial one. Not that you were claiming it was. I guess what I'm trying to say is like, there, there's a different thing called genetic memory and like epigenetics, and there's a lot of controversial opinions in that field, like whether or not things in recent history or, you know, as far back as the, as the Romans could affect our, our day-to-day lives. Like those are the questions that I feel like I associate with like genetic memory.
0: Like something like your, like your grandpa having experience and you being able to remember that
1: experience. Yeah. I mean, not, not literally able to remember it, but like, uh, one of the things that the guy brought up in his Ted talk is that, that one thing that got people thinking about it was, um, the way that the Nazis treated people um, and, and, and the effects that that had on their descendants um, mm-hmm. and they spe- he specifically talked about a study that was done on people who were like in Danish concentration camps um, and uh, I mean it was like their descendants not the studies on them of course sure. um, but uh, the, um, their descendants had like problems with diabetes and things like that And I mean, obviously, that doesn't necessarily have to be explained by something in the DNA or even in the essence of the person. You know, I mean, that can that can literally be explained by like deficiencies in critical minerals. You know, as you're starving, right? Um, But but you know that uh, that time scale of like if it could be proven that that something done to a worm uh, affects its grandchildren. I think that's a pretty interesting, um, uh, you know, I think that's a pretty interesting conclusion to come to, you know,
2: right. And epigenetic memory in that case would really make a lot of sense because the idea that the camp- people in the camps you know, were being starved and were lacking nutrients. And because of that, their DNA didn't have the building blocks it needed to build the same DNA to then pass down to their children afterwards. That makes sense as far as like epigenetic memory is concerned, because, you know, if you are malnourished and your DNA doesn't have the components it needs to, you know, create the the correct, you know, ingredients for the, the next person in line, then yeah, you know, of course, there's going to be something wrong with the next person. It's the same thing that we see in like, you know, Chernobyl and the um, like the the wild packs of dogs that are running around in Chernobyl right now. You know, they are different than, you know, generations before it because epigenetically they've been affected by the radiation, which, right. you know, affected their offspring, you know. So things like that, I don't think there's. It's still being like heavily researched and understood, but I don't think it's very controversial to say that, you know, obviously there are things that can happen to, you know, a person who can affect their descendants.
1: Well, I don't,
0: well, in this case, I, I guess the thing that I would argue in the case of starvation. So, so to take that example of, say I'm starved and, you know, I have a child, you know, my, my genetics are, are spread when I'm having a child. And like, I would, I would argue if, if my child then like was born with like, like was born with like type one diabetes, you could argue that there was genetic change that took place to offset the, to, to, to solve the problem, right? So I don't necessarily think that that's epigenetic because, I mean, once again, I'm not a fucking expert, but it would make more sense that the, the offspring would have a fix to that problem than be born with any different than the parent was.
2: I mean that that is epigenetics
0: what you described is epigenetics. Well you said epigenetic was external factor. Starvation isn't an external
1: factor.
2: How is it how is that not an external factor?
1: I mean, because I could
0: choose to starve myself and then go
2: have a kid.
1: But it it's external from the perspective of DNA. It's not <laughs> right. it has nothing to do with the transmission of DNA. Um I mean it, it would what would be I mean, and I think this is proven to some degree, like with radioactive and stuff like that. When DNA is damaged, that can be tra- it can be transmitted, damaged. Um, so, I mean, it, it can be explained by that. Um, but how... wouldn't it
0: just be evolutionary change?
1: Well, I mean, it's. I guess it's, it becomes evolutionary change once it starts to affect a whole species. I would say. I don't think like one person can't evolve. They mutate. Well, it doesn't mean anything until that passes down to a lot sure, of Sure,
0: but if it, but like you were saying, if it was a whole, like in a Danish concentration camp, say they were all Danish, and, you know, most of the children that came out of that have diabetes, and all of those parents were starved, like that would lead me towards an evolutionary change, like, than, than like a one-off type thing or epigenetic. But that's just my my logic. Like it doesn't make sense to me any other way as far as I
2: understand. You know, I I mean I'm not that deep think, into I, it. But I think that's just a lack of understanding of like what evolution really is. You know? I, mean, I mean, mean it could that's be it okay. could, could be. But just based on my understanding, that's what makes the most
0: sense to me. Well, would be that thing- because you would adapt to Be able to solve the problem through your genes, right? Like that's the the entire idea. So that's what makes sense to me, unless I've just been fed a whole pack of bullshit, or I'm not just deep enough in the knowledge to really understand. But Uh,
1: maybe. But I mean, one thing that's true, right, is that our DNA has a lot of like potentially unused code, like things people don't know what they're for, um, and and potentially disabled portions as well. Um, you know, and when I say disabled, I mean like currently off, you know, obviously uh, genes are on and off to some degree, right? I mean, sure. they're, they're, they can be on spectrums as well, but, you know, they, but, but there's, there's a lot of stuff in there that's like, almost like group commented out, you know? Um, so, so it's not out of the question that we, like circumstances can modify our DNA, um, which can affect our children. And I feel like that's kind of how Um, that I feel like that's that's where I, that's where I think the the um, science has the most interesting questions to answer.
0: Yeah, I'd say I'd say so, too. And if, if that's the case, like how I, I would be interested in the differences in percentages of those that are turned on versus turned off when you compare them to other mammals on the planet, right? Like humans versus, um, you know, species, a monkey versus, um, you know, um, uh, a wolf. Or, well, I think that's,
1: um, I like, mean, maybe not on versus off, but you can kind of get that because they can, can't, that can count the number of chromosomes. Um, yeah, that's, one of, that's what I'm saying.
0: I would, I would be, I'd be interested to know whether or not we have more that's off. Um, or I if guess that's,
1: yeah, it just depends on what's needed for what, I mean, we still don't fully know what's needed for what, um, you know, so, I mean, we have some genetic mapping done, but it's not like the full human genome sequence has been mapped because otherwise we would be in CRISPR where you could just literally get a fish arm if you wanted to. All
0: right, AI, I'm
1: to answer <laughs> to some of
0: these important questions. I'm in, I'm really interested in
1: it now. Well, AI uh, can give me a fish arm. It just takes a little bit of work and um, Stable Diffusion. Right, true. <laughs> right, right. You just gotta the to have
2: the right prompt.
0: Yeah, but I think so. I think that it's really interesting the the memory side of 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 genes. Like it's like we said before, we don't know whether or not it's true. I kind of believe it's true to a degree. Um, but I think it is one of those questions that needs to be answered however I think we I think you're right I think we do need to kind of figure out the rest of the puzzle pieces Um, you know and maybe we do eventually find out that we were just our DNA was manipulated by aliens and we have the ability to turn on and turn off and adapt to new genes. In shorter periods of time. fee um, mutations. that we were designed that way by
1: aliens. Right?
0: Um, that'd be pretty cool. Maybe we're the experiment. Right? Yeah I mean yeah.
1: you never know. We could, we could meet aliens that have a totally different cellular structure. Or ones that I guess it would be more surprising. If they had the same type.
0: Yeah it would be more surprising. If they had the same type. Because why would they you know, recreate something that they already knew. I mean, unless they already know that they're the best and the way they got to be the best was through their genes, right? Um, but even then, to see if there's a possibility of a branch that's different. Um, yeah, that's that's super interesting to think about.
2: And Wiggy, when, when you talk about genetic memory, it really sounds more like you're talking about like the Carl Jung idea of like collective unconsciousness you know um which definitely factors into the the genetic memory conversation you know the idea that um you know inherited wisdom and intuition from the past is is like baked into us
0: well i agree to that to one percent but i but the the part that i don't agree with is the whole uh uh, a part of that was racial, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, of If his thoughts were, like, even racism could possibly be a, a genetic memory of some sort, and I think that's hogwash. Um, but,
1: wait, 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 I, do you mean racism, like, fearing other people could be a genetic memory? Because I, I think that yeah. that could fit into the same as, um, like, Fear of the Dark or anything else, right?
0: Sure. I mean, yeah, it could be. But I don't think, but like you were saying, I don't think there's been a long enough time of where we were that different because like, if we go back to, I mean, how long ago was it between, before the land bridge happened? Right. Um, Well, it's not
1: that long ago that there were other species of like hominids running around. Um, sure sure and, and yeah it would be n- natural for people to want to compete potentially by like kill on site other types of hominids um, yeah but
0: we i mean we bred with neanderthals sure
1: that too um so it's, i mean there's there's different strategies for dealing with them but i i mean i and i think y- you could even say that potentially like um something that looks like you that but slightly different could go back to, you know, any type of mammal or even fish. You know, like if, if somebody's coming in and and, and and competing with your economic niche or your, um I guess your calorie gathering niche, right? Um, but, and they look a lot like you and they're doing the same things. So like, I could see that being ancient. Not to say that it's right for people to feel that way about other people. And, well, tribalism, sure. Them, but... You know I'm I, I, I feel like there's no reason it couldn't go back,
0: Yeah, yeah I mean, now that you're saying that, yeah, maybe because that makes me think of tribalism like we you know there were just roaming different groups of tribes and we were all competing for the same resources sometimes when you were in the same area and there was constantly fights between those tribes and sure, like there are now well like we can't get over tribalism like it's the one thing that's super pervasive in america right now um you know it's it's always me versus you it's never you know and and the minority is the let's come together or or even maybe the majority is let's come together but but the people who are more focused on tribalism just stop that from being a thing um, maybe that's just the next, the, maybe that is a memory or type of like genetic memory that we need to find a way to get over, you know? Um, but it shows in our, in, you know, our love of sports, um, you know, you root for your your favorite team and you want yours to win. It's your color. It doesn't matter what, you know, It doesn't matter how well they do. You just want the other guys to lose. Right. Um, And it's the same thing with our politics right now. Um, You know, it's red versus blue. It's us versus them. And it doesn't really matter um, who they are. It's just, you know, my team has to win. Um, And so. So, yeah, that definitely could be a, a piece of the puzzle, too. I can see that now.
1: I feel I like the that, conclusion no. I'm coming to is that um, the reason animals don't have all these problems is just because they don't get together in huge groups. Uh, not to say it's not a good thing that humanity tried or a good thing to uh, to go for, but um, you know, I, I feel like you know maybe maybe snakes need to have like a fucking they need to learn Robert's rules and then have to throw like a 400 person. Uh, Party conference or something, so that they can see what it's like, and I'm sure that they'll uh, they'll devolve into factions and, and slit each other's throats.
0: It's, it's just the uh, the scene in um uh, that Indiana Jones movie in the pit with all the snakes. and They're just slithering all over each other. This is a giant snake orgy,
2: snake caucus 2024.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's make a T shirt, snake caucus 2024. We'll we'll have just like just balls of snakes.
1: I'd vote for the snake caucus.
0: <laughs> I mean they they probably better make better decisions than we do.
1: Yeah, a ball for a sure. ball python just like pressing yes or no depending on like um which side of the bed it woke up on would probably do a better job than most sitting Congress people. <laughs> <laughs> sure, one hundred percent at least it would vote for the right thing 50% of the time
0: is that is that how that works
1: <laughs> i mean i <laughs> guess it would depend on the options being offered probably most things that they they vote on are not like good you know what i mean <laughs> like so like neither option is very good so it would have to um there would have to be a good option offered for it to actually do anything good i suppose i mean
0: i mean we could make a coin flip machine I mean, it couldn't be be that terribly hard, right? I mean, we made Magic 8-Ball. Yeah. That'd be just as
1: accurate. What we need is Twitch gets elected.
0: We need it. What we need for government is, uh, uh, and everybody plays.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like how
0: they do with Pokemon on Twitch, yeah. Like, (laughs) everybody just gets, gets on and votes, and that's the thing that happens.
1: We should at least get one. Twitch congressperson, like where it's fully vote online about what they're gonna do each day. Like we deserve one of those. It wouldn't mess things up that much.
0: Yeah, but just like Pokemon, it wouldn't get much done. Although it'd probably get more done than any other fucking congressman or something. Exactly. We proved (laughs) that it works.
1: We proved direct rock and democracy works, and now you see why we can't have this.
0: Yeah. Uh we're sad. (laughs) we're sad and it makes me sad (laughs) Uh. all right well i think that's gonna wrap it up for us today guys um thanks for joining us for this episode and and our talk about genetics and we hope you guys join us next time and hope you guys have a great week
1: bye bye Bye, snake caucus 2024